Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yep. Today is November 17th, Sunday. We're recording the Knicks they're undefeated, asterisk versus Dallas, and we'll take that. <laughs> I think that's actually going to be a popular opinion on the podcast. Uh, we kind of have a semi-crushing loss to Charlotte at home. Uh, I don't know, tough to be crushing after the the 3-10 and 10 start the Knicks are now on. Uh, but we're going to talk about it. We got Big Baby David in the Poontang Clang, Greg and Kenny, and we're going to talk Knicks, baby. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. I'm Jake Story, Jake Storielli, uh, Poppy Patron, however you know me in the streets. Welcome back uh, to another week of Talking Knicks. And we do, hey, we've got a win. I, I think new podcast rule, whenever we get a win, we clap. So how about that? Huge. We Guys, we got, we got to see the Knicks win this week. Yeah, last time all year. <laughs> there's, there, there have, That's there, the game we needed to win all year. I there, made a there deal were with some, the devil. There were some early rumors that we're okay with the Knicks not winning the rest of the season, and well, I guess we'll talk about that and and some other stuff. We'll uh we'll kick it around the horn first. I'll go uh, in order of age. How about that? Uh, and I'll go to Kenny Poon first. Kenny, you got the big mustache going. What what's going on with you, brother? Nothing, nothing. I do have the mustache going for November. Uh, that's a thing. Uh, had a nice little weekend. Hung out. Uh, went to Storm King with the new lady friend. Oh. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, heard about that. No. It's in an episode of um, Master of None. It's just a bunch of statues in, like, a giant park. Pretty crazy stuff. Uh, then... You know, hung out the rest of the weekend, went to lunch for my brother Greg's birthday Ooh. today, gave him a pretty awesome present. He'll probably mention that because it was pretty cool. Uh, now I'm here. I spent uh, the last, I don't know, a couple hours on Disney Plus watching X-Men, and uh, I'm just excited to be here, talk about the Knicks. Forgot you're, you're a big-time Disney junkie, so I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy you've got Disney <laughs> Plus now. It's exciting stuff, Jake. That's it was basically a product made for me. Yeah, that's that's huge for you. That can be uh I don't know. I think I said this last podcast or maybe I said it in our group text, but uh I think after every Knicks game, I'm I'm going to watch another basketball game just to kind of get some mm-hmm. of the Knicks suds out of my brain. You can just go Smart. to Disney Plus and relive all the happiness. Yeah. So that's, that's our the plan. I'm excited for you. Speaking of happiness, Greg Poon. Sounds like you had a birthday lunch today and you got an awesome gift had a birthday lunch my birthday is coming up on tuesday so next week when you introduce us in order in order of age i'll be going first yes that's how that works <laughs> for sure <laughs> and so uh yeah i got a I, I my brothers rob and ken grabbed a card at the at the last minute 
I actually handed Rob the pen to write the card. <laughs> so that's, that's good. So he wrote it out on the back of my car, and then he took all the money out of his wallet. Kenny took all the money out of his wallet. They took everything out of their pockets, which included a uh, used dryer sheet, a bottle cap, a packet of hot sauce, and a, a little packet of pepper. And they put it in the envelope and gave it to me. Wow. I think it was like 11 or $12. That, uh, so I don't, I don't carry cash, credit yeah. cards now. Oh, yeah. That's that's more than more than I w- they would have gotten from me if I emptied my wallet. That uh okay that that kind of sounds your your birthday gifts sound kind of like what the Knicks front office signed this off season a uh, little last minute <laughs> little unplanned. Um yeah. And and how do we put it together? Nice segue. But, but uh, ha- happy birthday coming up. Um, getting older is scary and normally bad. So. Thank you, thank you. Very excited. And the big baby himself, BBD. How are you doing? Life, Knicks, what do you got? Let's see. Life worked like full days on of work on uh, Saturday and Sunday today, so brain not really working too good now. Perfect. Uh, Knicks, they uh, won the most recent game I got to watch fully, so that's good. Uh, I didn't get to have the bad taste of charlotte um in general i'm uh i'm really just waiting until the time when i get to go first in the age <laughs> order thing as well um, wow and i'm and now i'm wondering like like is greg gonna get anything for christmas because he didn't ask for that oh boy and <laughs> it's an early I think you should leave reference. BBD, we'll get you. I know. I, Can't I wait to hear him describe the Chicago game. Yeah. How is he describe that? I, I was going to do uh, BBD. There, there was a segue there to the Chicago game that wasn't so pretty. Um, and we'll get there. I know in this, I mean, just a little personal. I used to always get pissed. Like, first day of school, it'd be like, oh, teacher would come in. And they're like, all right, you know, let's. I, my last name's Storielli. Storielli always came towards the end. And it was like, okay, like, can we flip this? And then one of the times the teachers did, I was pretty stoked. I'll be honest. I, to the point I'm talking about it while I'm 30. So that's pathetic. Speaking of Wait, Jake, pathetic, Jake, one, yeah. one time in, in first grade, I remember this. See? P.U. was the last person in the class. I was last alphabetically wow. in my first grade class. There was no one with any letter after P. You. That's crazy. Yeah, and I still remember that to this day, so I, I'm right there with you, man. Damn, P.U., that stinks. Um, the Bulls game. Knicks open up. Let's get into the sports. Stinky. Uh, the Knicks go to Chi-Town, KC, back up to Indiana. Uh, no, they just played in Chicago, but they played the Bulls, um, one, of <laughs> one of the two teams we've beaten this year, uh, and they lose, including a pathetic fourth quarter where the Knicks gets outscored 35-17. to 17. Yikes. Uh, for the Knicks, R.J. Barrett, he has a pretty big night, and that was good because he did he, – he ran into a couple shaky games there. He goes 21 points, nine helpers. Um, outside of that, uh, Marcus Morris keeps shooting. Uh, 22 points out of him. Julius Randle, eh, Taj Gibson with a really solid night against his former mates. Um, guys, end of the day, um, actually, I mean, this is a game we were in until the third quarter against uh, 
you know, another lesser team in the NBA. But fourth quarter, uh, we get torched, and <laughs> there we are. Who wants it? So, I mean, in the past, in past podcasts, in seasons past, we've talked about getting McConnell, getting Nawabud. Uh, we got Kobe Whited. Yes. Real bad in that in that fourth quarter. Tony uh, Snelled. Tony Snelled. Tony Snelled. A couple weeks was that last week? A couple weeks ago. Um, it's every week. Every week. <laughs> Uh, Kobe White hit seven threes in the fourth quarter, including I think like six in a row. Like for either team, he hit six threes in a row, and those are the only shots that anyone made during that span, or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, a tw- but it was bad. It was a twenty-two zero run, in in that fourth quarter. So I think the Knicks scored first, maybe in the fourth or for fourth quarter. I, I don't know. It was started at eighty-five, eighty-five, and then the Knicks got up eighty-nine, eighty-seven. And then it was one hundred and nine to eighty nine. The other yeah, team we was lost one hundred and twenty to one hundred and two, which is eighteen points. So if you take out that twenty two to zero run, won that game. Yeah, I'm right. Th- I was I was going to say during the the first between the first and second quarter, the Bulls went on a twenty to two run, and then in that fourth quarter, they went on a twenty two to zero run. So that's a forty two to two run between those two spots. But other than that, the Knicks outscored them. It's a game of runs, so we just got unlucky for those two very long periods of time. Yeah, you know, you just get rid of uh, one 20-point swing and you're good. <laughs> one of the two 20-point swings. Yeah, just need <laughs> to get rid of one. Yeah, that's uh, – in hindsight, because we, we – that was texted during the game and we were laughing a little bit because it, it is ridiculous when you think if you <laughs> – if you take two segments of the games, the Knicks got outscored forty to two or whatever it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, should Fisdale have called timeouts? A- at the same time, uh, I'm pretty excited because I I was, <laughs> you know, big time literal flex. I was watching this fourth quarter at the gym because uh, obviously, uh, and yeah, Kobe <laughs> White went completely nut job, and I was like, it hit the point where it's like, oh, I have to stop watching this. Um, if if I so, ke- if I keep watching this, I'm I'm like sadistic. Yeah, no. So last year, I think Greg and I were at the Warriors Knicks game, I believe, and Kevin Durant just went went off, and like it got to the point, it's like, oh, this like we're gonna lose this game. It'd be pretty cool to see this keep going. So like at this point, I'm kind of rooting for them. So but that was Kevin it, Durant. It got that way. Yeah, that was Kevin Durant. So that was different, but like. With Kobe White hitting like six threes in a row, to to single handedly go on an eighteen zero run, like it's pretty crazy. No, but then you're like, when it, when Kevin Durant does it, it's because he's really good. When Kobe White does it, because we're really really bad. So that's what true. The, that's what the difference is there. Yeah, and it, it true story. I, I mean, Kobe White, he you know he was a lottery pick this year, and he might be a solid ball player. I actually liked him. Um, I didn't love him too much in college, but I loved his. Uh, I had one of the best draft reaction videos ever, cause not because he got drafted, but he was on the podium doing his, his interviews, and one of his was it wasn't one of his Carolina teammates got yeah, drafted. Cam, Cam Johnson went lottery to the Suns. Cam Johnson, and he it, if you haven't seen it, it's worth the YouTube. The wow, <laughs> and he's just yeah. he's so happy was for. That like, yeah, is is that insulting to Cam Johnson? It's like the way that he reacted, <laughs> so surprised. 
I think it here's, was here's a very Bath. surprising pick. It was a surprising pick, though, because Cam Johnson was a senior, and he was like – he just was a, a late bloomer, became like a really knockdown shooter in those last couple of years. And then the Suns took him lottery, which people yeah. were surprised about. And then Co- Kobe White was like, that's that's so love. That's so love. That was the other thing he was saying. It's good. It, I didn't know what it meant, but it, it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the talk of Nick's theme. BBD, you got some there? Uh, just carrying it on a little bit. Just uh, it is funny to think about your friend just being like surprised someone wanted you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh. yeah. That's 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 hitting home a little too hard in here. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you're right. And, and you you guys did. You, you mentioned the Warriors game. You guys saw, and Greg makes a great point. That was Kevin Durant. Um, Kobe White, uh, and I think there were some crazy numbers. Like, I think up until that point in his rookie season, he was shooting pretty terrible from three, and he just goes nut job. And there, there is a little bit of shrug. Um, I, I don't know if it's LLL Knicks or whatever you want to call it, but um, he, he went off, and good for him. Um, like I said, he's, he's kind of a young guy I like in the NBA. Um, <laughs> suck, <laughs> suck seeing that happen uh, in a row against the Knicks. Um, I don't know. Uh, what are, are there any other takeaways from this game? Um, like I don't think so. Uh, Dennis, was this Dennis Smith Jr.'s return? This this was his first yeah. game back. Okay, yeah, that was the only um, real talking point I had. He was uh, the worst he's been, and he's been bad in other games. <laughs> Played uh, fourteen minutes, and his plus minus was minus twenty two, which uh, I don't think is good. Yeah. How many points? How many points I mean, did he have? Uh, none on three shot <laughs> attempts. One from three. He did have two assists. That was nice, but it took three turnovers to get him there. Uh, yeah. Two steals though. Yeah. He, I mean, he looked bad. Not yeah, good. and I mean when you're in a when you're in a game where there's two twenty plus point swings, uh, some of the plus minuses might look pretty bad. That's fair as well, but uh, we we also did watch with our eyes, and he 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 didn't look good. <laughs> he he didn't he didn't look good. Uh, and there's no sugarcoating the net. And the good news is, I feel confident saying that because we have seen him show uh, at least some flashes of the Dennis Smith Jr. that we thought we were obtaining in in that Chris Stapps trade, which feels like a segue. And guys, I think we fully officially stumbled into our first segment that needs to happen and maybe it's every week maybe it's not but it's the who got, who nawabed us and this week i mean it, kobe white. it was kobe white for sure um and if you don't get that reference uh david nawaba who's kind of like an nba journeyman g league guy worked his way up one night he just tormented the knicks and we all stared at each other and we're like how does this happen to us we we're like what, um, what the he- what the heck's going on out there <laughs> What the heck's going on out there? Um, speaking of, we we move on. We come back home. We're coming home. Mellow signs with Portland. Should we just talk about that the rest of the episode? Go off, Mellow. Um, no, we got we to talk about the Dallas game. Then we can talk about okay. that instead of anything else. Okay, so Spike Lee catches the ball on the sideline. A, you got to shoot that, which brings us back to Mellow, and I'm done with the Knicks again. No, uh, the Knicks host the Mavericks uh, in the garden. Uh, and man, 
the crowd's rocking. They're they're giving Porzingis the business. Uh, he said after the game that he was like, yeah, that was pretty intense. Uh, Mook Morris, 5-7 from three. Uh, Frankie Smokes was all over the court doing, uh, you know, some different things defensively. Dennis Smith Jr. with a really nice night. Um, and then, yeah, Julius Randle with some flashes. There's it, It's kind of funny looking at the pure box score because there's not too many names that jump out. The one name that I, I do jump out and feel like it needs to be the jump-off point is Mitchell Robinson, who he goes seven or eight from the field, eight rebounds, one block uh, in 22 minutes. He had um, a, a really nice Mitch Rob game, and then the Knicks pull out another dub against <laughs> Doncic and Porzingis. Yeah, so the last win we needed this season, and I – I think I, I jokingly texted that to you guys, and then I, I saw a bunch of people talking about it on Twitter too. Like these, probably the only games we actually need to win this season. Now that we've realized that we're not a playoff team, uh, you just have to beat Porzingis, and we did. Uh, and then there was a bunch of quotes from from Mook Morris after the game that was basically like, "Yeah, like they were loud, and like Porzingis looked a little shook from uh, from all of that. So like it looked like it affected his play." So. I think uh, that the the Knicks fans would like to hear that in terms of it's still uh you know it's still a kind of one of the top top fan bases in basketball in terms of just getting out there and and making a difference on the court when they're able to and when their team's not just out there doing terrible. Yeah. So Chris Stapp's final line: twenty points, eleven rebounds, one assist, one steal, three blocks. On seven for seventeen shooting and one for five from three, so it's a decent line. I think he only took one shot in the fourth quarter and didn't actually do anything that mattered other than lose. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game overall for us. And BBD, I think you have, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this is us becoming old and soft, so maybe the young thing is starting to pay off for you. But I think you. You've still got a pretty good chip on your shoulder from the Porzingis stuff, or at least I know you liked when he tried to draw the the charge late and Julius Randle laid it up. Oh, that was hilarious. I like to <laughs> pretend that it wasn't him trying to draw a charge and just falling over, so I got to make my little joke on Twitter that he added a lot of strength again. Uh, yeah. For the most part, people got it, but some people uh, were like, Dude, he was trying to draw a charge. He hit the deck on purpose. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, yeah, that that was fun. I liked seeing him hit the, hit the floor hard and then uh, getting a nice little big basket for Julius Randle, even though uh, we've, we've, like, full soured on him, I think, right? Um, but it's good to see him do something good there and uh, make yeah, Porzingis look like a little Yeah, that basket. What else bitch. do we need? Yeah. <laughs> All year. Yeah. And by uh, by Porzingis, that was a a crazy decision to to try to flop there. Again, uh, he's gotta, seven three, going against Julius Randle, who's like six eight. Uh, yeah. Uh, interception in the Rams game. Nope. Sorry, <laughs> uh, uh, update. I don't have that on. Um. So, uh, back to Mitchell Robinson. He looked very good. I mean, he got a lot of. Him and Frank got a lot of ticky-tack fouls very quickly, and they had to sit on the bench a lot. Uh, Mitch Robinson ended up fouling out of the game in only 22 minutes, which has been his problem always. But 
the one thing he was doing was just dunking everything. He had uh, uh, him and Dennis Smith Jr. looked really good in the pick and roll, and uh, Smith Jr. threw him a bunch of lobs. I think he caught three or four alley oops. He had five or six dunks total. A um, couple tip slams. It was it was awesome to watch. Yeah, the Mitch the Mitch Lob Squad is back. <laughs> um, we've we've seen that the the offense has kind of realized like, hey, if there's not much there, I mean, might as well toss it towards the rim with this dude because a lot of the times good things happen. Uh, and then hey, that's actually not a bad offensive set for us. Um, Mitch Rob, he he gets nicked up a little bit at the end of this game. I actually I think I've got something for awards. Um, talking about that later, but uh. Uh, I, I think the only guy that really deserves uh, big love, I mean, we, we had solid, Bobby Portis did his thing with a 10-5, and five. Dame Dot played some really solid minutes, three steals, um, but Dennis Smith Jr., uh, he's, like like we said, and we were able to laugh about in the Bulls game because he had this game, um, but yeah, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he, he looks athletic, he looks quick, Damian Dobson will say he's faster, but uh, eight eight assists, a thirteen and eight game, um, and he two of four from three, five of twelve from the field. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. needed this bad, and by the way, he he looked good doing it. It wasn't like, you know, you weren't kind of like looking away like oh shit, and then being like good play. Like he looked good. Yeah, and the, the one thing when he's in rhythm with this jump shot. He, it looks way better because I know there was one when he had like a rhythm three that he pump faked and then he just like took a step and then took a jumper and he just missed it so unbelievably badly as he's been doing the rest of the entire season. I think he came into this game like one for 14 on the season and he was five for 12 in this game. So it was, it was very different from what we've seen. It was a very pleasant <coughs> surprise. And you hope it's not just law of averages uh, playing out because he physically had to make more shots than he was doing. But he did look like he had that, like, bounce back in his step a little bit that we've seen him have in the past. You know, he came out of the draft as, like, the most athletic prospect in years from the guard position. And uh, it's good to see just a, just a little bit of that and seeing him get, you know, racking up the eight assists. And uh, he got six boards, too. Um it's good to see him have a good full game and hopefully start building on that moving forward. But we'll see. Yeah, and you 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 wonder just because of how poorly he played at the beginning of the season, how much of it was injury. And I know he had um, he had he had the time off for for uh, kind of not ideal situation uh, for him personally. But um, coming back from that, you think you wonder whether having that time off and being able to heal up a little bit helped him out on the, on the court. Um, and, you know, it's, it's good to see him kind of getting back there and we're, we're hope that he keeps improving. Yeah. And it's a, uh, and, and it is true. It, it's tough. Cause we, we do these in about three or four game spurts with, uh, Tom has been running the, the mini midweek episode, which check that out. If you haven't, you know, Ken was on there, uh, this week, uh, talking a little Julius Randall, if, if I remember that correctly, that, that is correct. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it it we need to give Dennis Smith Jr. a little bit more leash, especially when you put the whole picture together of getting injured, uh, all the new bodies uh, with this team, um, his personal stuff, which again, I mean, that's um, you know, 
tough tough time. So hopefully hopefully he can find more of a rhythm and more of a role on this team because he he is a dude that has you know it's rare when you see a guy on an NBA court that can move at a different speed and he does have that when he's right. Um, I think uh, you know one of the kind of also underlying things about this game, Knicks shoot 43% from three, 13 of 30. Dallas shoots eight of 36, and that's uh, that's another thing you could look at. And another uh, another little check mark for Kenny Poon, who is arguing that hey, this Knicks team can kind of shoot. Um, and well, I think the the biggest of those threes was Marcus Morris at the end of the game with a step back dagger to just yeah destroy Chris Tapp's Porzingis' dreams. I'll see that in his nightmares for the rest of his life. So, it, no so. team <coughs> no team can like go into a season like the Knicks uh, are doing and just like planning on having Marcus Morris like have the ball run through him as much as they're doing it. But on this night it worked and I'm really happy it did. Yeah. There was a like I don't mean to go back to the Porzingis stuff, but there was a lot of like little stuff that was that was pretty fun. Like all all of the little chants and things, and um, there was a, there was at halftime he started going towards the wrong locker room. Yeah, I don't know if you guys saw that. That was pretty funny. Um, I think one of you guys tweeted out the the video of the middle aged woman just cr- uh, chanting, "Was it Chris Stapp sucks or something?" Uh, um, everyone was calling him an asshole, and they turned. Uh, just in time to see this one middle-aged woman also uh, chanting asshole and it was it was adorable uh <laughs> great stuff great stuff it's uh it, it i i feel like it could come off obnoxious this is a Knicks podcast though but it, it really is different when madison square garden has that intensity going and there was some venom in the air man um kp <laughs> uh you know like that article said he he was great with the team uh, and wanted to be there until he demanded a trade, which is exactly how it works. Um, but I, I, I think we'll come, we'll, we'll move off the Dallas game. The last game to finish this week, we host the Charlotte Hornets. We're ready for a win streak. Um, Charlotte Hornets, uh, who, by the way, were a team that are expected to be really bad. They're currently six and seven after beating the Knicks in the Garden. Uh, Graham has a nut job performance. Actually, should he be who nuwabed us this week? Um, because Devontae I mean, Graham, they both nuwabed us. So he's he, averaging 18.8, believe it or not. He's, I, I mean, he, he, he is he pretty legit. 11 more than that, but Yeah, he, he goes 9 of 16 from 3, uh, including a, a kind of bonkers game winner. Uh, but, yeah, he, he is a guy that's having a, a really nice season for them so far. So is P.J. Washington. Uh, a couple other young guys are putting it together, but this um, I, I'm interested to get your guys' thoughts on this because again, the the Knicks were in this game. Uh, they had the lead actually for most of it. R.J. Barrett's playing really well. Some some good shooting and some nice takes to the basket. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Mitchell Robinson, uh, another six for eight from the field this time. Seventeen and twelve, one block. Uh, Frankie Smokes. Uh, his confidence is just through the roof. That crossover, spin move, step back. It's like, okay, Frank, like I smell you. Like, <laughs> how long has Alonzo Trier been telling you to take that shot? Um, but the Knicks end up losing. I, I don't know. I'll kick it to you guys. I know we did laugh that, like, hey, we're fine with Dallas being the last win of the season. Uh, what, what was your guys' like emotion? Was it like just damn or like 
<laughs> LOL Knicks or what? I mean, the, the thing about the Dallas game is that you remember what it's like when your team wins. And it's, it's like, wow, that was awesome. And that's how rarely the Knicks win is that you just – it felt like we won our second championship of the season. <laughs> and I, so I, I always root for them to win. And losing on buzzer beater is always devastating. Fortunately for me, I didn't watch any of this game, but I watched the highlights, and they still hurt. Yeah, and I, I, I watched uh, the vast majority of this game, and it kind of sucked because, like, throughout the game, it felt like the Knicks should win this game, and they were playing pretty well. Um, Charlotte hit a lot of threes. They hit 17 threes on 48 attempts, um, including that game winner. Uh, but, you know, the Knicks the Knicks seemed like they outplayed Charlotte the entire game, and they should have won, and they played a relatively complete game, and, you know, they hit their free throws, which was a weird thing this season. Uh, they shot 18 for 23 from the free throw lines, which is 78.3%, and it's like, oh, they're not, they're not giving this one away. Uh, I think they missed one or two down the stretch, which sucked. Uh, R.J. Barrett hit a hit a big three and had a couple big plays down the stretch, which were, were awesome. Um, and then, you know, to, to lose at the end like that just kind of sucks. But, you know, it happens, and uh, it's just it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us in the lottery, I'm sure. These games matter towards the lottery, too, because we're not making the playoffs. And I don't know, Kenny, Kenny gets a little concerned that we own Charlotte's pick or their second-round pick. Is it this year? We own it this year. Yeah. Yeah, I think but that was BBD, but yeah. Yeah, so one, one thing – you guys should know is who the Hornets have beaten. Tell They're me. They're not very good. They beat the Bulls by one. They beat the Kings, the Warriors, the Pacers in overtime by two, the Pistons on a buzzer beater, and the Knicks on a game winner. So those Most not, years that Warriors win would be pretty good. They're not not a lot of impressive victories. They lost to the Celtics by 21. That Warriors team still has – Steph Curry, uh, Clay Thompson, and Draymond <laughs> Green on their roster. Yeah. They beat the Knicks. I know that. Added to the list so, of impressive wins. So hopefully the, the Hornets stop. I mean, they're also only 6-7 and seven is the funny thing about them being good. <laughs> but, you know, hopefully they stop being yeah, regular bad <coughs> and they start being very bad. Yeah, they came into the season as like the consensus worst team in the NBA, even more so than the Knicks. Um, yep. Which, you know, makes you think they should have won this game, especially coming off of a of a really fun win against Dallas, a team that is like genuinely good. Um, they beat them, and just just lose to Charlotte, which is kind of the story of the Knicks. Hey guys, here's a here's a fun stat from uh, the Nick Charlotte game. Mitchell Robinson, 27 minutes, zero fouls. So that's a that's a bright spot. What that's the a heck? Good thing. What the heck? <laughs> that that, uh, that is a fun stat, motorcycles. Kenny. <laughs> that, that's uh yeah that that that's interesting. And he got 27 minutes. And I know that that was a talking point before the season. And it was basically like yeah. As long, Mitchell basically be able to play as long as he can stay out of foul trouble, and we assume that'd be 25 minutes. And he, uh, yeah, no fouls. That's that's interesting. We haven't seen that yeah. in a in a Mitch fouled box out. score at all. Foul, fouled out in the prior game in 22 minutes against Dallas. 
and then zero fouls in 27 minutes while recording a 17 and 12 double double. So go Mitch. Basically, oh, Mitchell Robinson will do everything we need him to do as long as he keeps himself eligible to play. Pretty cool. That, that, yeah, that's a good strategy. You should coach. <laughs> hmm. Wow. And we've got we've got a first Fizdale replacement lined up, Big Baby David. Um, I'll get a shot off. But <laughs> boys, I... I uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple things there. I mean, for a game like this is always tough for me because you look back and you say we lost by one point. So you see, you know, you see the Knicks give up an easy bucket and Mike Breen going like that's inexcusable. Um, you know, at the I think that was mid mid fourth quarter, and uh, or, or maybe it was even the third. And now you look back at the score and you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, that's uh that. That could have been the difference between winning and losing. You could point to so many things. Uh, Julius Randle gets a bad shot off at the end. That's not really a look. Hey, he gets six assists and one turnover. Say something nice about different guys on the Knicks. Um, if you search long enough, you can find something. Um, anything else on this game or, or the week of games in general, really, before we get to some of the bigger topics? All right, all right, all right. I'll get to it um, in awards. Oh, ooh, yeah, you will. Um, all right, so guys, I, I wrote down some of the main topics this week. I mentioned Dennis Smith Jr.'s return. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. I, I don't know if I'll I'll steal the floor too much here, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's the he kind of lowered <laughs> the bar for himself a little bit with how he started playing this season, which again ties into injury and some personal stuff. And, I mean, if we're looking at the Knicks roster coaching in front office, it, it's pretty easy to tie in. But uh, I don't know. I, I think we're we're just looking for him to kind of be uh, – this sounds corny, but be electric out there. Like, be be the guy that's overly athletic. Make, make stuff happen. Um, you know, figure out what you did over the summer okay. and show us – show us that you can come in for – if if you're if you're gonna be the point guard playing twenty five thirty minutes that night, you know, be electric. Be the be the is he twenty one or twenty two? Um, be the young kid that has speed and athleticism that not a lot he's, of point guards are a, gonna be able to match up. Is there anything else we're looking for from him? So he's about to turn twenty two is uh is the answer and on on the twenty fifth, so like okay. a week. Um yeah, no, you, you're you're absolutely right. You, he's just got to figure out what it is he does here, um, and whether that's you know adding energy or being the the kind of driving dish guy. And we saw, you know, we saw flashes of it, right? Where he has a really nice move. He sh he shows some of his quickness. He has a really nice pass on the inside, and like that that's what we want from him. And I I said a while ago that um, at the beginning of the season when he was just playing terribly, like. I don't expect that to st sustain. He's a he's going to be a good player. It's just a matter of how good, um, and we just gotta hope that he you know figures his stuff out, shakes off some of the rust, and you know um, becomes a you know a more positive player moving forward. And just leading up to the games when he came back, I know uh, there was a lot of people tweeting out some of his highlights from last season, and like I had forgotten about some of the stuff. But there's a lot of cool stuff that he did as far as just like driving in and just like throwing down hammer dunks and it's like yeah that's that's fun you should do that should do that some more and then i think he came in second in the dunk contest so like he's uh 
he's a wild card, and I'm pretty confident he's going to have a, a better season than he has shown so far, and we're seeing a little bit of that coming through uh, in the last couple games. Yeah, and so his point totals in his six games he's played so far are 2, 1, 0, 0, 13, and 2. So it's been an interesting ride thus far. So Yikes. We're hope uh, and, the, and the 13 was 5 for 12, which is 41%, which is solid. So that's what we're looking for. Just do that every game instead of the other games. Just do, uh, might I suggest, just do 13 more often than you do one or two points. <laughs> <laughs> BBD, stop trying coach to get. Coach BBD. Yeah, stop trying to get the coaching job, I don't, don't want to give away my secrets to the other interviewees. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and the 13-point the thir- game went along with six rebounds and eight assists, which were also unprecedented numbers. He, had, he has one other rebound on the season. For, for for reference. Maybe he's the kind yeah. of guy who can, like, if he's going to do well, he's going to have to do everything well, or else just nothing good's going to happen. It's gonna all right, be, guys, like, so he has the, there. the rest of the season, he has five points, five rebounds, and or five assists and one rebound. And in that game, he had 13 points, eight assists, and six rebounds. It's a good game. That's Revenge pretty, game. That's pretty unbe- traded him. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, that that one rebounds almost freaking me out. Um, let's stop talking about this and hope, <laughs> hope, hope, hope when we come back here next week that he he's got a couple more, <laughs> he's got a couple okay games under his belt. Um, Coach BBD, I'll, I'll kick it back to you as you're revealing your secrets. Um, I I I didn't have this as a main topic. You guys know I love I love surprising you. Um, I think we've had a development at the two-guard position, and Damian Dotson has been playing the the past two games he's played 23 minutes. Against the Bulls, he played 13 or so. Um, Alonzo Trier and Wayne Ellington have combined for – let me make sure I'm getting the stats right on this. Uh, They've combined for five minutes total this week. And I think five all, and a half. Yeah, I, I think yeah. The five is from Alonzo Trier, but BBD, what's going on there? I mean, are are these dudes just straight out of favor now? Do we think this is a little bit of like Fizdale's last year? He's just gonna try different shit till it sticks, or what? I don't know. I mean, I guess there's a good chance that it's maybe just more of Fizdale. Like last year, he said he was gonna try rotations in like five game spurts or whatever until he figures out what works and last year they never figured out what works uh maybe there's a little of that going on but uh and it's just dame dot's turn but maybe he has just earned a little bit more of the playing time for you know last week's episode or at least on twitter during the last couple weeks it felt like every time dame dot would come in for like a little taste of play i'd be like yo he looks like a real part of the team and like he can lead to good stuff by him playing, playing more. So now we're starting to see him go a, a little bit more. Yeah. And we're all team Dotson just cause he's a, he's a homegrown guy. He's been around the tied for the longest tenure Knicks with, with Frank. So you gotta, you gotta appreciate the, the homegrown. Frank was drafted know, like an yeah. hour earlier. So you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
And I, I know we've talked about it on previous pods, but Dame Dot was a big part of last season's team. I think he was one of the top minutes guys on our team last season. And uh, then this year he just sat on the bench for a while. And, you know, Ellington was the, the guy who was getting the – was the designated shooter. And he was pulling the trigger a lot. Um, and now he seems to be, have fallen out of favor. And I think, you know, BBD is right that this is uh, Fizdale try, trying to just mix things up and see – you know what he's got with different players uh and right now it's it's Dotson and just the way that it's been this season you know I'm sure we'll see Trier coming back now and then um one it might have been Jake had a had a fun line about him I don't know if it was in the group chat or on the podcast where he said he's got a weird role where he's either sitting on the bench or he's the focal point of the offense which is weird but like I can see him coming back some game and being the focal point of the offense like next game so we'll see what Fizdale does, but like I think it's just uh, him trying to figure out who's going well, and if, if Dotson plays, continues to play pretty well, then he's going to get those minutes if he falters a little bit. And even if he, he plays pretty well and the Knicks keep losing, uh, I can see you know Ellington hopping back into that role. Yeah, and like I, I, you got it, Greg. I just wanted <clears> to mention <throat> Ellington. So against the Mavs, he played 1.9 seconds, <laughs> and that, w- that was for free throw purposes. Uh, at the end of the game, they just threw him in. He's 0 for 1 from the free throw line in the year, but he's a career 84% shooter, so they put him in just in case. And then that's when Frank got fouled, and he knocked down the two free throws. And then in Big the free throws, Frank. In the Hornets game, they put him in for the last 2.1 seconds in case he could hit the game-winning shot for some reason. So that didn't. That one didn't make sense, like the free throw <laughs> one. We didn't. We didn't need a three-pointer. We were losing by one. They he did. Uh, Fizdale took out R.J. Barrett and he put in Wayne Ellington. So I guess he's still important in some way. He's he's a secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. I think it might just be a spacing thing for him. You know, get him out there so that they have to chase him around a little a little harder. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. Those those are two guys whose roles are both bizarre right now. Like I, I think everyone here would be confident that like we'll we'll be on here next week or the week after that and being like, Trier went for twenty two. Um, like that. There, there's like there's. It's crazy that there's almost not a doubt about that. Um, after he's put a couple DNPs on the board, but that's been his role since he's joined the Knicks, uh, which is flat out bizarre. And yeah, the Ellington thing. I don't know. Like I, we, I, I keep referencing like it's early in the season, but we're, uh, I mean, what we're an eighth of the way through the season, if not a little more. I mean, thirteen out of eighty-two games, never been a math podcast, but um, like we're we're starting to eat a chunk of the season, and Wayne Ellington, um, I mean, just seems a little lost, and I don't I don't know what opportunity he's gonna get the rest of the way. I mean, again, we. Everyone on the Knicks seems to seems to find their two or three game stretch where they get in there, um, but that's at an interesting point. And I I think the bigger thing, uh, it, Greg, you you said it. Um, I mean we're we're whole team dot. <laughs> like we we've kind of seen them. Ken, you were on it early, um, and it, it, it's kind of funny when Tom and I did the like, hey, give us give us your closing starting five. Like who should the Knicks have out there to close? Both of us wanted to put Dame Dot on there, even when he was getting DNPs, <laughs> just because it's like, okay, he can make an open shot and he can guard someone. 
And you can't say that with a ton of the dudes on this team right now. And it's funny because all of this is happening with Alfred Payton injured. So what's going to happen when he's back? Alfred, we got too many very me- too many very mediocre guards. Trying yeah. to see when's do we know when Payton's coming back? Um, God, I just saw a really weird. Um, he had daily fantasy value for eleven sixteen, so I guess that's going forward. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see again. Alfred Payton may be back soon. Well, <laughs> you're right. That's that's another guy, a guy that I was high on coming into the season, and still has some geeky stats from from the first first games of the season going forward. Um, what else did I have down here for topics? I said Porzingis is the worst player ever. I don't think that's really a topic. It's just a fact. Um, probably get sent to the G League. Uh, Mitch, Rob, and Frank both looked like big-time dudes this week. Um, that's uh, that's analytics for you. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Did, did anything really jump off the map this week? Like, I feel like I stumbled into the two-guard thing there. Um, otherwise, it was kind of same as same around the team, right? I mean, the one thing you brought up a little bit earlier that we have to talk about is Carmelo Anthony. No <laughs> yes. longer on the Knicks, but... Finally, after over a year, sitting on his couch, the Blazers signed him. Blazers off to like a 4-8 and eight start or something bad after going to the Western Conference Finals and they're looking for a spark. Um, so they signed Carmelo Anthony to to join McCollum and Damian Lillard, and we're hoping it works because we love Carmelo, I, I think. I do. I love Carmelo. Good. Two? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Carmelo guy. Three? Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I love Carmelo. Do you do you think we trade for him? <laughs> Honestly, if we could get anyone on our team off of our team, then yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if we really want Carmelo, we should just wait until free agency this summer. Oh. I'm going to have to unload some contracts, though. A little full circle Wilson Chandler coming back for the Sixers soon. Um <laughs> <laughs> guys, I I do have um, I don't know a couple uh, a little mini fake nerd corner. Know who has the best offensive rating on the team right now? Mitch, I don't know. It's, it's Mitchell Robinson. Uh, by a Ooh. by a long shot, he has uh, a one forty seven offensive rating per a hundred possessions. Second best on the team. <laughs> Anyone wants to guess second best on the team? Knock yourself out. Marcus uh, Morris. Dotson. Frank. Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson has the second highest offensive oh. rating on the Knicks, and that that tells a story in and of itself. Um, and then, and and this is, and and maybe we'll parlay this into to Tommy's midweek pod a little bit. Mitch Rubb also has the highest defense rating, um, and I I think. You know, that's not as much of a surprise. Frankie Smokes is, is essentially second on that. Um, I uh, I want to go to awards. Awards! Um, and my first award is the Pimp Limp Award. And it goes Pimp to Mitchell Limp Robinson. Award. Oh, nice one. Because he got nicked up. 
Um, he was down on the ground uh, for like a while. Like refs kind of just blow the whistle. Like, what are we doing? Uh, it's 2019. <laughs> There's a seven foot dude on the ground for a while. Uh, Mitch Rob limps his way up the court. And then without thinking, like, he lines up to set the screen. And as a Knicks fan, I don't know, like, my heart kind of dropped. I was like, this is – it. there's no way this goes well. Uh, Mitchell Robbins sets the screen. He just he, – he, he doesn't go full contact. But he rolls. He gets ignored because he's limping in the paint. And he throws down a nice little dunk. And he holds onto the rim because when he's coming down, he's worried about his ankle still. And so he lands on that one foot. And it was, uh, I, I, I was going to say signature moment, but he's so young on this team, and the team is also bad, so I'm hoping Mitchell Robinson has some signature moments. But for me, that, that kind of was, uh, you know, special again sounds dramatic, but, uh, you know, we, Mitchell Robinson has been really good for us, and he kind of goes overlooked because he's a center, and that's not sexy in the NBA. And we've had conversations on here, like, is that a guy the Knicks should maybe move because he doesn't he doesn't really fit what what the NBA mold is? No, man. Like this kid comes out and he works hard on both ends of the court. Um, so I don't know. I I just thought that was a nice moment, and and Big Mitch deserved an award for it. He does. I dig. I'm a big Mitch guy, so I'll take yeah. it. People keep forgetting yeah. that we have this guy, Mitchell Robinson, who is, like, genuinely a potential building block for the future on this team right now. Because of everything you just said. Yeah. Like, there's – Yeah, I, I mean, he was out for a minute, and uh, people seem to have forgotten about him with the concussion stuff, and then he came back, and, like, he looked really good the last couple of games. So it inspires a little hope, you know, when uh, when the Knicks are, you know, losing to Chicago and uh, losing to the buzzer to Hornet, the Hornets. Y- you got this one bright spot, so that's nice. Yeah, it kind of – I've, I've said it a few times, and I'll get hopeful around the deadline again, or maybe it's next lottery, but you'd, you'd like one more piece because, like, R.J. Barrett looks nice. Um, Mitchell Robinson looks real nice. Uh, and then, you know, Kevin Knox, he's showing flashes. Franks keeps going up every week. Uh, you know, give me a fake starting five I could play a video game with uh, for 2023, and that would be pretty exciting. Um, it, who, who's got an award for me? I gotcha. Okay. BBD. <clears throat> so this is the – no, you don't understand – any oh. guesses? Great award. You don't is, is understand. It Frank? It is Frank. Wow. Is he French? No, but that is all, all. His accent is why I don't literally understand what he says all that often. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, what, in that's that, what my award was going to be. In that Dallas game, we kind of missed it a little bit, like just how big a difference he made on the defensive end of the floor. Because like. First of all, defense doesn't really come up in the stats anyway, but just looking at his numbers, in 18 minutes he fouled five times, only had one steal, no blocks, but he had several key stops, forced several jump balls, and just was awesome. He was electric on defense uh, to the point where, like, not Knicks people were, like, tweeting about him. 
Yeah, and there was that one play against Doncic down the stretch yeah. where uh, Doncic was just at the, the top of the key, and uh, that made the rounds on Twitter where he started dribbling, Frank poked it away, and the ball ended up on the on the court and ended up with a jump ball, and then Frank won the jump ball, and yeah. uh, the rest is history, baby. Frank was like yelling during the jump. Yeah. I like during that. When they were both holding it. Frank's, the actual jump. Frank's intensity and uh, swag has been awesome. I, I said, I, I tweeted out, his his confidence levels are the second biggest win of this season so far outside of R.J. Barrett. Agree or disagree? Yes. I think so. Yeah. He, ju- he just looks so much different than he did last year. Like, I, it's hard to explain, but just dribbling the basketball, he's like – Dribbling, dribbling it more forcefully than he was last year. Like it was just kind of, it looked like he was lollygagging when he was dribbling, and it's just a. He just looks like an entirely different player. And I know um, Tom's a big proponent that it, it doesn't always show up in the box score, but like he is making a difference on the basketball court. And I think there was a play in the Hornets game when he, where he drove in the lane and took a fadeaway. Yeah, and crossover, crossover, yeah. spin move, fadeaway. You don't, you don't see that. Uh, we we haven't seen that, that nice a, at all out of Frank, and yeah, it's um you know again our the Frank bar was set l- pretty low for this season, and he's he's starting to show more and more, uh, and the confidence is just awesome to see because you you wonder <laughs> we were curious like what does this guy's offensive game going to look like? We have no idea. When he used to dribble last year, it looked like <laughs> it looked like someone who's about to have his pocket picked. Like, that's the only way to describe it. Like, he was dribbling the ball out wide. Like, it's coming. Like, when's it going to happen? And now he's dribbling with confidence. He spun um, in the Hornets game. He spun away from a pretty high press pressure defense above the three-point line. He spun away from it. Someone came and confronted him, and he threw a lob to Mitch for the alley-oop, and it was beautiful. And, like, Frank, over the past two years, had shown us nothing like that. In the past Yeah, and I'm – uh, and then the pa- I was gonna also. Uh, 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 <laughs> so the one thing Frank was doing <laughs> last year is that he just like ran the play. He just like, this is what I'm gonna do. As soon as he got the ball, he already decided. And a lot of the time, that resulted in him passing the ball directly to the other team because they were like, this is what he's gonna do as soon as he gets the ball. And this year he doesn't do that as much. He did it in the very first game of the year, but since then he's he hit he got some DNPs and then he came back and now he's better than ever. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say before BBD so rudely interrupted me. Shit. Um Wow. But he like I said earlier, he just looks like a different player and um last year our complaint was he just was kinda loose with the ball and just passed it to the other team occasionally. Um this week he's averaging four assists per game and just 1.3 turnovers while running the point. Uh, and so that, that turnover number is pretty big just based on how he played last year. And also leading in the, t- the team in plus minus this week as uh, for, you know, anyone who – I think it might just – just anyone, anyone, not even with the minutes or games played restriction with three point, a plus 3.3 per game. So he was about a plus 10 on the week and, you know, everyone else was pretty bad. Yeah, and it felt like in the past, like every good thing you do on defense, whether it be like a good block or steal, whatever, a nice stop, was almost to like make up for some sort of mistake he made on the offensive end. 
and now it just doesn't feel like that. So we actually are feeling like his defense is valuable and not just him like making up for his previous wrongdoings, which is nice. That is nice, guys. Um, good award, BBD. Ken, you said that was kind of stolen from you. The you you or Gregoire have another? I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I had a c- couple of awards in my mind, and one of them was taken in those earlier discussions. I was going to do the we got to figure out what you do here award, and I was gonna mention the fact that the rotations are kind of up in flex but you you stole that from me not even in the awards wow double um, double theft Whoops. yeah so i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna go with the i'm not dead yet award Ooh. any any guesses taj taj gibson love him whoa taj gibson showing up getting some uh getting some actual burn in the last few games averaging 10 points and um I think it was it might have been you and Tom talking about it the other day, Jake, uh, that he is one of the few guys on the team who will, you know, set screens and make contact with with other guys and kind of, you know, be a physical presence on the court. And, you know, it's it's good to see that because, you know, um, both Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson are guys who tend to slip screens and tend to to roll before the, the contact actually comes. So seeing him out there setting the tone is it's a positive, you know. And hopefully uh, some other guys can pick up on that. Yeah, he's like the only person on the team that has played basketball before, it looks <laughs> yeah. like. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, and it, it shows, which, I, I mean, sounds absurd because, yes, they're professional NBA players, but his, his 10 years in the league, um, you can tell. And there's... I, it's it's what I was rooting for when Alfred Payton joined the Knicks that he was going to be a calming influence at the point guard position. Like Taj Gibson is a calming influence on the court. Like he's going to make the right defensive rotation. He's going to be in the right spot on offense. And he, you know, his his screens. It you know, <laughs> there is a little bit of part of this that sounds like a Knicks podcast that we're diving into Taj Gibson screening, but it's also impactful because it opens up big things for. Uh, R.J. Barrett getting to the tin and 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 other guys getting looks. So yeah, Taj's influence. I I've very much been enjoying him. Yeah. So Taj right now is what we wish Joe Kim Noah was as soon as we found out how bad he was at basketball. Ooh. We were like, all right, he's an old guy, but he can still at least be a good mentor. He's not gonna fight the coach, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. We had low expectations for Noah, but he didn't meet them. But Gibson, good guy. We like him. Yeah, and I'm, I am also – I was surprised that just watching him play, I didn't realize he was kind of a knockdown shooter from, uh, from mid-range. He's got that, that kind of top of the key just inside of the arc, which Tom might tell you is a ridiculously inefficient shot. But it's still, like, he's been knocking it down very, very efficiently. It kind of reminds me of a – I don't want to. I don't want to drop too big of a name, but don't. when Amari Stoudemire that no. one season was just hitting every mid-range jumper, like I was, I was, was, I was thinking Kurt Thomas. Yeah, I thought he was going yeah. Kurt yeah. Thomas too. No, that 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 was probably a better one because Kurt Thomas was a more similar player than than Amari Stoudemire. So I sound like an idiot, um, <laughs> but yeah, he he he's making that shot, and I like it. No, oh, but I like Amari Stoudemire so. 
you can say Amari Sotomayor. Yeah, we all yeah. we all like Amari. Yeah. And it's not an inefficient shot if you make it a lot. That's and just for the record, uh, with Taj Gibson as a starter, the Knicks are two and three, which is a lot wow. better than their record without him as a starter, which is one and six. So, thank Damn. you, Taj. That's a that's real analytics. Yeah, Taj Gibson feels like he went to every big man camp in the 1990s like hit hit the hit the 18 foot elbow jumper run the baseline play defense (laughs) like that's yeah what Taj Gibson does we talked about or they everyone talked about uh, all the players we're talking about bringing back the 90s Knicks and Taj Gibson right now seems like the only player on this team that could play on the 90s Knicks yeah, I, I was I was loving well loving and hating Tom's videos of Knicks players not setting screens and it's you you guys came into the season and said you boy you guys wanted to be dogs and you wanted to be tough and that was not tough basketball so it is it is good seeing Taj do that and I think it's funny he was he was probably a he he might have been the free agent signing I was toughest on because I was like oh you know he's he's not gonna get any run he's just gonna tutor these guys for that much money. I'm uh I, I'm pleased with Taj Gibson, um, Greggy P. I got a good award. Ooh, my my award that I just decided. Okay. Like, this this week, the best player on the team award. Wow. Isn't that funny that we didn't know until now? <laughs> well, do you guys know who it I is? I still don't know. I I don't. That's what I, I was gonna say. I have no RJ idea. R.J. Barrett. I think it's Marcus Could Morris. Could be Marcus Morris. Okay. Yeah. I think Marcus. I think I've accepted that Marcus Morris is the actual best player on the team. He's averaging 18.2, which is the best on the team, I think. And in that Mavericks game, he was the guy. He was like when the announcers a lot of the game were like, what is this team's identity? What are they going to do when the game gets close? Who's getting the ball? A lot of time it's been Julius Randle. In the Hornets game, it was Julius Randle, and obviously we failed miserably. So <laughs> Marcus Morris got the got the ball in the in the Mavs game, and he hit the the step back three that was best shot we've seen all season. And in the first half, he was one for seven. I think he had like four points, but second half he was just knocking down threes all game all all half. Ended up with twenty points and that game winner. So. I've accepted him as the best player on the team. Yeah, and I, I, I can see that. Um, based on play thus far this season, I would say that it's definitely Marcus Morris. Uh, Julius Randle, we were hoping, was going to be that guy, and um, R.J. Barrett was that guy for stretches, but he did have a couple, you know, lower or lesser games, and you know where he didn't perform as well. Marcus Morris has been pretty consistent on both ends of the floor, and he's played uh, good defense and good offense. I just, I'm not a fan of watching him play. I think he does a lot of ISO, and, you know, it's not great for the rest of the team, but he has been the most successful basketball player out there. And that's why I think a few weeks ago I gave him that I think you should leave award, but I have nothing against him as a person as a player but like i just don't think he's the best guy for this team sorry to sorry to drag down the the tone of this award. no that's fine um and you say you're not a big fan of watching him play we could say that about the knicks in general that's true fan of the knicks 
just don't like watching them play basketball. Yeah. And so the one thing about R.J. Barrett, I guess like he could be the best player, but I'm not ready to say that. I I don't want to put that pressure on him. Uh, and I don't want to believe that we're that bad, even though we are. Now we're we're so bad that the the rookie three pick is the best player on our team. But just because we 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 haven't had like a like a like a very a top draft pick become the best player on the team <laughs> in year one. That doesn't Since happen. Since Ewing, it doesn't. LeBron did it. <laughs> that guy's good. Hey, did. Doncic, okay. did it. I'm sure a bunch of other people did it, they're but it doesn't happen on the. It doesn't happen on the Knicks, at least. They're Frank rooting did for it. that. In, they're rooting for that in Memphis. <laughs> B- B- BBD, yeah. do you think is is Marcus Morris the best player on the team? Like I guess he is, um, but like everyone said, it's like he is the best player. Just the, the way he plays and the way he shows himself as the best player is bad for everyone else on the team like it just doesn't help anybody um it's like i don't dislike you marcus morris but just kind of not what anyone needs to see <laughs> this year at all and that's just, and i hate that i'm like saying i don't want this guy who's played overall better than anybody else on the team but it's kind of where yeah, we're it's, at it's very funny because the debate i mean if, if you if it's not R.J. Barrett, the, the debate is between Marcus Morris and Julius Randle, and we're all like, it's definitely not Julius Randle. He's like, <laughs> he's like up for like worst player on the team award. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, it no, it's definitely not Julius Randle. We can all agree on that. To this point in the season, like maybe he can still turn it around, but to this point in the season, it is definitely not Julius Randle. There's there's one frustrating thing about Marcus Morris. And one scary thing. The frustrating thing is that, like, he can play basketball normally, and he can pass, and he can move the offense, but he normally chooses not to, (laughs) like, 85% of the time. Um, And I think that makes it tough because, like, he's had some nice passes this year, and he's he's known when to look for Mitchell Robinson a few times, and it's it's just tough knowing he does have that in there, but he's – He's going to go iso ball, and for him, it's it's been working well this season, and that's the part that scares me is that right now he's shooting 46% from three on 5.7 attempts. Um, if that continues, awesome, uh, but it feels like there is going to be some sort of regression at some point. Um, we, we stumbled. I, I want to do two quick things um, to kind of wrap it up. Um, the first thing uh, is Julius Randle. And I want you guys to finish this sentence. This is going to be scary. That wasn't the start of the sentence. (laughs) I feel most confident in Julius Randle when dot, dot, dot. He's on the bench. (laughs) Ooh. Uh, Damn. Okay. Ken, Greg. Uh, um, I was going to say when his defender flops. (laughs) Okay. And mine's in a similar vein when he has the ball and there happens to be no defenders between him and the basket already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's good. He did did have a nice dunk in that situation uh, last game. (laughs) That one dunk was really nice. Um, I I was excited for him. I don't think we've seen Randall with with that bounce yet. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of running through that before, and I was wondering, like, <laughs> I started off with nice big basketball things. I was, like, in the open court. Um, I don't know. I kind of landed on, like, I, I don't know, ISO, and there's four seconds on the shot clock. Like, yeah, knock yourself out, spin, do something. Um, but, so, yeah, I, I just thought that was pretty bizarre that 13 games in, it's not like, hey, at least at least Randall, if he gets it, one-on-one on the low post and he pump fakes it looks good like i i just don't know i i couldn't finish that sentence myself so i i was wanting to see what you guys had to say yeah i mean yeah, i like I'd, i like him one-on-one in the low post more than anything but and when he gets it when he's i mean his three has been bad this year so you don't want him shooting the jump shot and then you don't want him like he's been doing crazy stuff but in the mavs game he he seemed to chill out a lot I know he still did some stuff and ended up with six turnovers, but it didn't look as bad as it has. He's had four turnover games that looked ten times worse than the six turnover ga- ter- six turnover game. So, yeah, hopefully he's chilling. Yeah, and I just don't trust him at all to put the ball on the on the floor based on kind of his handle has been really loose at times, and he just kind of loses the ball even if it doesn't result in a turnover. He just kind of like the ball gets away from him and sometimes he gets it back and it's like, Oh, that's, that's still not good. He's a professional basketball player. He's the highest paid player on our team. And he's going to be on our team for the next, you know, two to three years. Uh, it would be good if he could dribble. And he has a lot of passes too, that make you like, just go, Oh shit. And like a lot of them work out and like the guy like catches it, but they got to like reset the play. Like the pass didn't help. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it didn't benefit at all. Um, and uh, and Tom and I did talk about this on the on the last week midweek pod. So go go check that that out for more details. But like he does occasionally do some nice stuff. But right now I just have I don't have enough enough confidence in his ability to like knock down a shot or to handle the ball when he's when he's going ISO. So yeah, it's like the uh, same issue Jake described with Marcus Morris earlier. It's like you see, like yes, you can you'd be really good if you choose to do stuff, but you just choose to do other stuff instead. Yeah, yeah, and uh, again, hopefully, if I had to guess right now, I think some of Julius Randle's stuff is going to trend upwards, while Marcus Morris um, might trend downwards. I don't know. Maybe maybe I shouldn't put that evil on either of them. Uh, Julius Randle averaging 15.5 and and 9.5 and and 4 assists um, while we've kind of observed him playing bad basketball. So maybe... Maybe there will be an upturn soon for Julius Randle. And, guys, the, uh, another recurring segment that I, I think I, I want to wrap up with is <laughs> we haven't talked about Kevin Knox um, this whole show. Uh, and this has kind of been a recurring theme. And the reason is because he goes out there for 20 minutes. Um, he shoots a couple threes. He hits a couple threes. And that kind of seems – to be the story um right now he's averaging 22.2 minutes um he's shooting 40 42 percent on 3.8 threes uh nine points three rebounds you know again and the the story seems to be the same if you guys have anything to add and and if there's maybe concern or not concern is uh i don't know it just seems like the same old song and dance you're gonna see him hit a couple nice threes and you're like okay that looks really good and then you watch him play a little bit defense and you're like oh that's big bad i so i think it's actually kind of in his best interest this whole being 
completely forgotten about uh, just based on last season he was the focal point of the offense and we all talked about how inefficient he was and he was the guy getting the bulk of the the talking about and you know he's got a chance to to develop he's still very young um, and being able to develop in relative obscurity in the New York market is not something you see uh, most people get blown up constantly about it um, so like when he does positive stuff so we notice it and his you know mistakes and lack of defense kind of can fly under the radar as he figures it out so maybe that's a hot take that I think it's probably good for him the thing is the like anytime Kevin Knox does make a mistake or something it's ever gonna be at least for this year the thing that we're like complaining about like we're not I don't think we're ever gonna lose a game because Knox only made like one shot on the night um the and the reason I think we didn't talk about this week because this was probably his worst overall week of the season. Uh, he did only shoot thirty three percent from three, which isn't great. Not not the worst thing in the world, um, and only thirty seven percent from the field. But uh, nothing that anyone should be raising an eyebrow at. But uh, it just it was a little bit of a step down from what we've seen the rest of the year. A little bit. Yeah, like Jake said, Knox, you know, he's been pretty consistent with uh, he knocks down a three and then he plays bad defense. <laughs> and maybe we'll talk later on in the season. We'll we'll ask if sometime he should be the guy getting 30, 30-plus 30 minutes a game if we should be developing him. But right now it's very early. We, we're, we've, we've liked his role, I think. We've accepted it for what it is. He looks better in this role than he did last year, so – if this this is how he develops for now, we'll we'll take it. Yeah, and I mean you you look at the percentage stuff. His percentages are up across the board, um, minus the free throw shooting. But I I don't even have the heart to talk about this team shooting free throws this week. Um, yeah, I I would be interested, and I wonder if this article's coming out soon. Is like what's Kevin Knox psyche? Because he is down uh, six minutes per game, and he started fifty seven games last year. He hasn't started once this year. Um, I, I wonder where his psyche is at. Um, and I, I want to last thing, kind of just look at his game logs. We do have on the schedule this week, we have a four game week coming up Cleveland. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I've been living in fear of this stretch for a little while. Then we start playing real teams, Philly, San Antonio in Brooklyn on a back to back this weekend. Um, so watch out for that. The one last thing I was going to look at was Kevin Knox's game log. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I understand there's there's nights when it's not going to be there. He's had – there's only been two games this year where he's taken double-digit field goal attempts. Um, and there's – the the last one was on November 1st. So I don't know. I, I just – it, it's it's a really interesting to me because you know we've heard he's a good kid he's like a he's kind of clean cut he wore the the Fortnite jacket on his draft night last night how many games or last season how many games do you think Kevin Knox had double digit field goal attempts most of them he was the focal point of our offense like a lot I would guess seventy that's a lot. He uh, played 75 games. 50. So 65. 50? 52. I'll, 
Yep. Sorry, BBD. <laughs> uh, I was going to guess 57 the same as the number of games he started. Nice. Um, yeah, 52. So, uh, again, he's he's only had two so far this year. Obviously, there's a lot of new bodies in the offense, but I, I don't know. Like, there's my, – my brain is having trouble doing some of the mental gymnastics of, like, <laughs> you know – uh, as of last season, he was our R.J. Barrett. <laughs> like, he he was what we wanted to develop and be next. So, I don't know. I, I need a – maybe I'll start tweeting at some of the Knicks beat writers to be like, hey, give me the Kevin Knox article to see how he's doing because I, I don't know. I just hope he's in good spirits because a lot of young guys wouldn't be able to deal with that well. And that's Jake's ending rant. Um, <laughs> boys – Kenny, Greg, BBD, um, you're all beautiful souls. Happy Thanksgiving, even though it's two weeks away. Um, and uh, if you've been listening, thank you. Uh, the 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 numbers have been good, and it's I, I understand it can be tough with the Knicks season sometimes, but hey, I like clapping for wins. I'm loving our Nawaba segment um, and what happened to Kevin Knox. Thank you, boys. Uh, check out Talking Knicks Instagram, Twitter. Um, all of that, we're we're around. Tweet at us, leave a review, um, and keep an eye out because we're we're gonna have more good stuff coming soon. Even some shirts may be leaking out soon. Hey, oh, um, didn't hear that from so, us. So from now, you didn't hear that from Coach Big Baby David. Um, but for now, let's go Knicks. Next tape.